you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's an NFC show down. Showdown's not even the word. It doesn't seem like it's a good enough word to describe this matchup we'll have on Thursday Night Football. Week 8 kicks off. Epic matchup between division leaders, Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, the Packers. They've won six straight. They want to keep that up. But Kyla Murray and the Red Hot Cardinals, they're undefeated. They want to stay that way. It's a primetime battle in the desert. One big X factor in this one dropped yesterday, Thursday Night Football, Thursday at 8 p.m. on NFL Network, on Fox, and streaming on Prime Video. Welcome to our show. This is GMF Fever presented by El Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live in New York City. We are feeling good. Because uh, we have a lot to talk about. Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, Sean O'Hero hanging out with us. And let's go to Seattle, shall yeah. we? I think we should. Let's go. Three shots of Hennessy for the table. That was the order last night as the Seahawks lose at home to the Saints. 13 to 10. We got a 4 and a 2 next to New Orleans Saints record. And we got Jameis Winston after a road win talking about that number 41, that running back for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara. 10 catches. I talk about how great of a player he is uh, and how helpful he is to this offense just in general. Uh, AK is one of the most dominant players in his, in his league. Uh, so it's always exciting um, when, when you put the ball in his hands and, and watch the things that he does. We're playing good football, man. We can still get better. I mean, I talked to Jameis about it just now. I, talk, I mean, we, we got so much more we could work on and be, be good at and, you know, to where we can get this offense, like, really explosive to where we, you know, we, we know we can be. So, I mean, it's just a, it's, a, it's a constant process. So we're always working. Oh, I love that Alvin said that they haven't played their best football yet. I very much believe mm. that, yet they have a great record. Four and two, they get it done again. They sit in playoff position as the sixth seed in the NFC. They're going to get healthier. They hopefully get Michael Thomas back. We'll talk about that. He was sorely missed on the field in sloppy conditions in a sloppy game last night. What did you learn, Peter, from the uh, – Sean, rather. We'll start with you. Our Super Bowl champion at the table, Seattle, mm. falls to New Orleans. 
I learned a lot about the, the Saints offense and going in and handling that crowd noise. Uh, I know that's a tough place to play. Anytime you can go into Seattle and come away with a win, that's huge. Eric McCoy feeling, coming back from injury in a center, huge factor. But listen, the, the game started off with DK Metcalf running right through their defense, and it was like, oh, boy, it's going to be a long mm-hmm. night. And this play right here, Kyle, you just talked about this throw, the run after the catch. DK you know, beats Lattimore right there and then beats Marcus Williams. And you felt like, okay, this could be a route. Like, Geno is just going to continue to hit DK Metcalf. You know how many catches DK Metcalf had after that play? Tell me. One more. What's it? Two catches the whole game. So, I credit to the Saints defense. That's what I learned the most. This Saints defense, last year they were phenomenal. When they What they did to Seattle in this game, sacked Geno Smith five times. Mm-hmm. Pressure after pressure. Dennis Allen, it, it was like he knew exactly what Shane Waldron was doing on every single play. He had an answer for everything. The overload blitz, the blitz zero, the coverage. They stopped the run. Um, I thought it was a, a very physical, dominant performance by this defense. You take that play away to DK Metcalf, they had 137 total mm. points. Mm. Seattle did. And 10 points. 13 to 10. Weird, unwieldy, wet, wild, ugly game, and who cares? I learned you can play hero ball with Alvin Kamara. We see teams try to do it. The Chiefs have been asking Mahomes to play hero ball. The Titans do it with Derrick Henry. Alvin Kamara, 179 scrimmage yards. And what I like about it, he got stuffed on the run. They kept trying to run. They didn't care. They just didn't stop. Every one of these catches was just these short little dump-offs from Jameis, who's having some kind of an opposite of a heel turn. It's like a face turn. Like, he doesn't do the crazy Very thing conservative, Jameis. It's pretty cool. And look, it works. Here's the deal now. So they're 4-2, and two, like we mentioned. Bring up the NFC playoff standings, potentially. If you get to 4-2, and 5-1, and one, you're probably making the playoffs. What I mean is Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Rams, Cowboys almost definitely are playoff teams in the NFC. That means there's only two spots left. We got five out of seven. So is it the Saints? Because other than these teams up here, they're the only team in the NFC that's above 500. The Vikings are playing pretty good football. All of a sudden, the Falcons are making noise. But I don't see anybody else other than the Saints right now who I'm like, they're at least in position to take one of those two spots. It's closing up fast, mm-hmm. this club, and the Saints may be at one of the tables. So do you think that they are? They just may be. Are you buying in on them? It's the not Niners, yet. the Falcons. Who else? The Vikings, you mentioned. Yeah, the Vikings are good. Like, not yet, because I don't think they're playing great. Their record is good, and you don't have to have one, but I don't think those seats are settled yet. I think they got work to do. Yeah, you'd have to think that the teams like the Vikings and the 49ers are done or aren't going to come back. Like, that's going to be the battle the rest of the way. I know. The whole NFC East is bad. They're bad. Yeah, I mean, there is a spot for the Saints, for sure. Saints were great last night. That's a great win. Great win? Great win. To go into Seattle and win that, it's a great win. That is a horrible loss for the Seahawks. They gave this game away so many times. It was so physical. It was so nasty. These guys were talking. The, the Metcalf-Lattimore stuff can't be underestimated. These guys were pushing and punching and face masks and penalties. And then the Seahawks had so many chances to put this game away, and they didn't. Jason Myers is a field goal. I don't take joy on 7 in the morning bashing field goal kickers, but this guy right now is 6 of 10 for the year, mm-hmm. and these were two chippies he should have made, and he missed them. This would have put them up in this game. He misses one, and then late they needed him to make another one. Guy, we just need you to make a field goal. This is why teams pay their field goal kickers. This is the pros. It's the pros. He's 6 of 10. He misses two. And you're at home. Seattle, like, you're giving the season away. You can't win games this way. I'm not familiar with Seahawks 2 and 5. Saints, all credit to them for gritting it out and getting on that plane and getting out of there. They're, they're, that's a great win. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, that's a heartbreaking season-ending loss. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're the, I think we're wrapping so. that, them? That, that team there isn't going to be doing I mean, that was undisciplined football at the end. That's killer. Hard to argue in that division, in that conference. Uh, just a little capper on the Saints, of course. They've got a big one against Tampa Bay. They've got a big one okay. here coming up, but they are sitting there at 4-2. We should give Jameis some love. It's hard for me to judge Jameis Winston. I, and I hate being negative, but is there a less proven 
weaker receiving core than what Jameis is rolling out there. He had 19 completions last night, four. Only four of 19 were to ride receivers. We saw some big drops, so for me it's hard to judge him harshly because he's still somehow finding ways to win it. If anything, it gives me more confidence in this team that he's doing that, and hopefully Michael Thomas, eligible, hello, to return any week now, and he can, you know... If he's healthy, performing at the level, we all know that he can. Michael Thomas could be the difference maker that makes you feel comfortable that they will snatch one of those wild card spots in the NFC playoff picture. We've got Mike Garofalo here. I won't ask him about Michael Thomas because I don't think anyone knows about his status going into the rest of the season. But we do have some unfortunate news on another wide receiver out in Green Bay yesterday. What is the latest on Packers Cardinals Thursday Night Football with Devontae Adams right here on NFL Network? The latest, K is that it's not quite shaping up how we expected this huge Thursday night football matchup, and it appears that the Packers are going to be without Devontae Adams. He was placed on the COVID-19 list yesterday. Uh, he has publicly stated that he is vaccinated, so uh, that means that he tested positive, number one. And number two, he's going to need two negative tests at least 24 hours apart. We've seen the timeline for these things. They are a week plus usually uh, for those who test positive, even if they are vaccinated. So it looks like Devontae Adams will not be available. Also not available likely for this game, defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Now that's not what you want when you're facing Arizona, period, but particularly on a short week. And I know Barry has taken a lot of heat from Packers fans. You know, everybody always wants the defensive coordinator to be better than he is, especially with uh, the way scoring is in this league right now. But Joe Barry has got this defense playing better as the season goes along. They were better in the red zone last week, which I know has been a talking point on both sides of the ball for Green Bay. So Barry will participate virtually in game planning, meetings, everything leading up to the game. But the expectation is he will not be able to travel and call the game. So the Packers working through contingency plans right now. Mike, first time, and I want to say 18 months, that all the NFL's owners and presidents are getting together in person. The fall league meeting kicks off later today here in New York City. A lot going on with the NFL. What should we be looking out for to come out of these meetings? December 11th, 2019, the last time the owners got together uh, in the same location. Everything has been virtual since then. The annual league meeting in March has been uh, canceled or, or changed to uh, a virtual format the last two years. So now they are back together. And look, the agenda internally is going to be a lot of things that uh, uh, have been going on recently in the league. We're talking about COVID protocols, diversity and inclusion, uh, ratings, international business, legal sports betting. They're going to discuss that as well. And then stadium developments such as Buffalo. Buffalo looking to build a new stadium and a preview of the Super Bowl to come. But you know, for the average fan, for someone tuning in to see what's coming out of the league meetings, I would say uh, a couple of things are going to be uh, talked about or asked of Roger Goodell. That would be uh, Deshaun Watson's status. Uh, we know there's been some talk. Should he get traded? Will he be available to play? The league has not done anything with regard to his status. By the way, I would expect that to continue uh, even if he was traded. And also the Washington situation uh, with all the fallout from the internal investigation there, uh, as well as the emails that have come out. So there, there will be some questions asked of Roger Goodell and some of the owners. So stay tuned to see the league's reaction to some of these things. This is when you usually get that kind of stuff when everyone is together.
I appreciate the updates all around. We also have the trade deadline approaching on November 2nd. Keep your eye on that. We'll have updates ahead of this epic matchup on Thursday Night Football between the Packers uh, and the Cardinals in Arizona right here on NFL Network. And I got to tell you, Gary, we got a huge show today. Pat Fryermuth joining the program. Sorry, we just had to rudely say bye to you. Sorry, Mikey G. We got Damian Harris on the show. And We In or We Out is next. Time for We In or We Out. We're going to say a statement. You guys tell me if you are in or we out. Let's go right there from Coach Arthur Smith. The statement is this. Matt Ryan is criminally underrated. Are we in or we out? Sean O'Hara, do you agree? Underrated, Matt Ryan. All right, yeah. Can we, can we drop the criminally? Criminally uh, underrated. Yeah, should be arrested. Is he underrated? Adjective. I, absolutely. I, I think when you look at, at Matt Ryan, all the blame that he's gotten over the last couple of years and you know, when you look at, at what they, the losses that they have, have had to in, endure with Dan Quinn the last couple of years, I mean, just inexplicable losses. And it always falls on Matt Ryan's head. I think he's phenomenal in the pocket, and they invested a ton of money, a ton of draft capital in this offensive line, multiple first-round picks, and now it's finally coming to fruition. But Kyle Pitts had an unbelievable game. Calvin really didn't do a whole lot, but this, what we're seeing from Matt Ryan right now, I think he's in his prime. In his prime. His best days are still here. I think he's still got Uh, good years. This right now, this is the best that we're going to see. Even if you look at right now, he's having a a nice year, a perfectly fine year. He's got 12 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Even now, are you taking him over Brady, Kyler, Rodgers, Dak, Josh Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, Carr, even Mahomes, Keep as going. bad as the Chiefs Keep are going. playing. Right. To me, he's had a, gr- a, a great career. He's had one really, really good year. And even in that MVP year, I don't know that I would take him over the guys I just mentioned, which is just the truth. Good quarterback, solid career. I think that's perfectly fine. I do not like it when people Triggs, try to say he isn't good. But to say that he's criminally underrated, that means we're putting him at Hall of Fame status, essentially, and I can't go for it. What do you got, Kyle? I can't abide by this. I, I respect Arthur Smith speaking for yeah. his team. I would describe Matt Ryan as he is very good. Yeah. Just leave it right there. He's very good. The problem with rating is that you're talking about peers. Yep. And we got to compare Matt Ryan to Peyton and to Rodgers and to Brady. And I don't even know if certainly on a resume scale, he doesn't have a better resume than Flacco or Eli. Because I also will not – Peter, are we going to get to a point where we have to have a Matt Ryan Hall of Fame conversation? Because I'm not going to have that. He's and putting he, up the numbers. He won an MVP. He's put up the numbers. He can't write this generation of football without Matt Ryan. Yeah, he can. He's a very good player, and that's fine. That's okay. Let's talk about underrated things, tight ends. That's what we should be talking about. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk enough about tight ends. National Matt Ryan Day. National Matt Ryan Day. I think the point is – like. They're three and three. We haven't talked much about the fact. That's fair. This guy, and it has two wins against the, the Dolphins and the Jets, and, and we don't want to do flips, but we do mention all those names, and we never, ever, and not just us, the national conversation never brings up, even Stafford is now in that conversation, and he wasn't for a long time. You're saying he's in the prime of his career, Sean. I, I think he's, he's, and I think that's why Arthur Smith is, is coming out saying that. Look, Arthur Smith knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He knows the words that he's choosing. And I just kind of, I go back to, like, from a coach standpoint, when you have a quarterback that absolutely speaks the language, that is just, that, that is a lifer, that just can't get enough football. Like, we saw Drew Brees, you know, the way that he interacted with Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. The way that Matt Ryan interacted with Kyle Shanahan and with LaFleur, and when, when he had that relationship going on, that was 
I mean, that was some vintage Matt Ryan. That was perfect. I think he's going to have that with Arthur Smith in due time. This is a whole new offense for him. So okay. to see him now at this point right now, I think that's why Arthur Smith is saying, I know how much further I could push Matt Ryan in this offense. All right. All right. The next one here. It's kind of nice weather in here. It's, it's moderate in this room um, in San Francisco right now. It is hot. People oh. are upset. The okay. fan base is riled up. They've lost four straight games, and they lost to the Colts on Sunday Night Football. And head coach Kyle Shanahan reiterated that Jimmy Garoppolo will remain the starter going forward. Trey Lance might be hurt. Um, Mac Jones, meanwhile, this Mm -hmm. weekend, lit it up. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones Mm -hmm. is playing. Here's the question. Mm. 49ers, who gave up two first-round picks to move up from 12 to 3, is it too soon to question the draft day moves (laughs) Of the 2021 draft and selecting Trey Lance third overall. We in or we out? Is it too soon? So, is it too soon? Peter, I think it might be too late, if anything. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? Come on. Uh, the Niners already have Mac Jones. His name is Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I, I, it's farcically too soon, even in what we do. Um, the, the whole Trey Lance thing was not about week seven of 2021. Nope. It's about week one of... 2027 and 2029 like it was never the plan and I know he was raw but you know what Kyle took a shot at like a weapon X he didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo he didn't want Mac Jones he didn't want any of those guys he wanted the future and he went for the prototype at the auto show with the cars that open sideways I don't know if that thing can run yet but I don't need to drive it yet I think it is too soon and I wish I could say the other way because it's more fun but I have to be practical it's about the future the fact that we're even asking this question is the problem and I know you're saying Mac Jones lit it up but let's not pretend rookies are like go, like killing it they're looking at the record of rookies right now in this league uh, it's not great. Mac Jones is 3-4. Three, three of those wins, of course, coming against other rookie quarterbacks. So let's talk about that. Not a wasted pick. Not a, No rookie is setting the league on fire. So it's about the future. Develop, sit, grandma method. So conservative, yeah, you two, Sean. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely too soon. I think w- when you look at Trey Lance, they drafted him to not play. Mm-hmm. Like They didn't draft him, to, to, to your point, to be the quarterback right now to start week one. They drafted him to basically have a redshirt year. The only reason he even got on the field was because mm-hmm. Jimmy G got hurt. All right, let me rephrase this. Usually let, me rephrase this. Go on. let me say this. Oh, is, it worth, is it worth two first-round picks mm-hmm. and Trey Lance mm-hmm. over Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't have first-round picks the next two years. That's mm-hmm. the question. It's the bounty they gave up to get Trey Lance. When sure. If you stayed at 12, you get Mac Jones, and I think Mac Jones is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I do. So like, do you think it's too early? I think it's fair to ha- – I don't think it's too early to question mm-hmm. all the maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were caught off guard when the Rams got Stafford. I think they wanted Rodgers. And I, I don't know. It seems like a bounty of picks for a guy who's not contributing to a team that can win now and there's expectations to win now. So you're changing the question. Now you don't want. You don't like the bill. You don't like the cost of dinner. That might be you it. Liked it. You liked it when you saw the menu and you ordered it, but when the bill came – It was wild. Sudden, you, it's a wild trade now to still think it's about. It's not just the trade. It's like Lance's so, resume was – Incredibly, incredibly raw at a lower level. Like Ladies it is pretty. He may never be good, it, and we can have that conversation, Peter. For I think sure. We wait. I, I, I think Kyle is pretty sure that he can. He can make. He can win games with him. He can make him good. But uh-huh. he, to personalize this a little bit, how about Eli Manning? Uh-huh. All right. Okay. It wasn't until the Giants we won a Super Bowl in 2007, Eli's mm-hmm. fourth year, mm-hmm. that people started saying, "Hey, Ernie Corsi, great job." You got to uh-huh. be patient. Great job. That's year four. Yeah. All right. And, and I'll never forget week, week three. We wake up. We're zero and two. New York Post. He yeah. has a bust. Get Tom out of here. So that was in their in their fourth year, and we're Sam talking Darnold, about in week seven. Sam Darnold's Trey in his Lance. third year mm-hmm. with the Jets, and they're like, "All right, it's not working. Like we're getting out of here." Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, they might not have the patience of that, and I think Trey Lance is going to have that opportunity. I think the question that I'm posing here is, 
did they give up too much? Could they have stayed back? Is Jimmy really the, like that team's a mess right now? Mm-hmm. And you really could point to that trade and say, what was the deal? Because now in the future mm-hmm. we don't have two first round picks. You're right. Do you think they should start Trey Lance the rest of the? I mean, if it's a lost season, if I tell so. yeah. I've said since the buy that he's going to do it. I think he would. Like, and plus Jimmy was like really bad. Jimmy was terrible season. on mm-hmm. Sunday. The irony is this whole segment it all comes together. Matt Ryan played his best football and he had Kyle Shanahan. Right? I mean, that's if he would have kept him, then we got something. He's like the new Kevin Bacon. You know him from his time with the Patriots, the Chiefs, and the Falcons. Let's say hello to Scott Pioli. Hey, Five times. Uh, don't believe the hype. <laughs> Scott, you, you've been on these teams that just have these meteoric rises. And one of them right now that we're enjoying as a show is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're currently tied for first place in the entire AFC with a 5-2 and two record, looking at a potential one seed in the playoffs if we were to start today. Let's talk about what they did in Week 7 and what it means to go into your rivals building, the bullies in the division, and beat them so handily. What does that do for a team moving forward the rest of the way? Peter, it does a lot. You know, what it does is it initially – it does two things particularly. It instills hopefulness and belief. Right. Because there's a team right now, the Bengals, who haven't believed in a whole lot of things. They would win a game here. They'd win a game there. But they didn't know what they have. They have a young quarterback and they beat the big dog on the block. So to to me, what they have now, again, is this hopefulness and this belief. But the big part is they have to keep this in perspective because as important a win as it was within the division and division wins are huge. It's just one win. You know, and I remember this because back when I was a part of the New York Jets, we were a team that ascended and won finally took over the division that one year and then when I was with the Patriots we did the same thing but I was also on the other side when I was with the Cleveland Browns and we were a good team we won 11 games one season we also went into the wild card round won a playoff game but we lost three games that season to the bullies on the block who were the Pittsburgh Steelers we lost at home we lost on the road then we lost in the playoffs so when you win a big game within the division again it gives you this hopefulness that can inspire the football team, but you have to be energized by it. But then the entire organization needs to say, okay, let's take this for what it is and move forward. Mm. That sounds great, and it sounds energizing. I guess the polar opposite of that, Scott, would be losing to the 2021 New York Jets, which the Titans did in the middle of a very unique start to the season. They lose to the Jets, and then they just completed the 2020 AFC title game sweep by beating the Chiefs and the Bills. And there's something to be said, Scott, when it comes to team building and philosophy about not just pulling the ripcord, not abandoning the plan, sticking to who you are and driving through the fire. What are your thoughts on the Titans season right now? Kyle, this was an important step, these two games, because every team puts in place a process. And the process involves player acquisition, player development, and then it also has to do with finding a way to win games. And what they've done the last two weeks is they've played clean football and they've been rewarded for their behavior, right? This is very Pavlovian. You play clean football, you do the right things, mm-hmm. you do something, you get rewarded. Now, you go back to that early game against the Jets. This is one of the beautiful things about the National Football League. I think sometimes people forget that every team is playing with other professional football players and they have a chance to win. That old cliche that any given Sunday, it's a cliche because it's true. You know, I go back to what Brady said to me last year after he had that fourth down, third, that whole thing going on. And I said something to him afterwards. He says, hey, you know what, Scott? Sometimes even Betty Crocker burns the brownies. And that was the Tennessee Titans brownie moment of of brownies being burnt moment against Mm. the Jets. But this is really important because now, again, they're seeing their behavior rewarded. They've taken the next step. They've gone from worried about winning the division 
as we just talked about in the previous the previous question. But now the next thing is win the big ones within the conference. And that's the station that the Titans are at right now. Peel, great to see you. As always, I have a negative on Matt Ryan. I've eviscerated Pete Carroll. Let's talk about the Chiefs, also not doing anything really great lately or to start the season here in 2021 after back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. They scored three measly points in their loss to the Titans, who you were just talking about. Patrick Mahomes did not look like his old self, even before the game with an injury or leaving the game with an injury as well at the end of that awful hit. Is this starting to feel a little more serious than, oh, it's a bad stretch for Kansas City. They'll figure it out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that it's starting to feel that way. But I know this. I know Andy Reid and his staff and that organization, they are some of the best at what they do in this league. So they, I'm guaranteeing you that they were sensing some of what's happening right now before it happened. Here's the thing, though. Andy Reid is still one of the best and most experienced coaches in the league. He knows what to go to to help free this out. He's got a tremendous staff, and we all know how talented this football team is. To me right now, what it comes down to is a couple of things, and I'm an outsider. We're all outsiders. They know best, but what I've seen from my plain outsider's eye is the fact that they're not playing clean football because they're not executing well. The offensive line is not playing well, and to me, one of the biggest tells with any team that's having a struggles is they are tied for dead last in the turnover differential. They're tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when you are minus 11 in turnover differential, you're going to have trouble winning games because that means you're just not getting points on the board and you're giving the other team more opportunity to get points. Yeah, it's sloppy football, Scott, no doubt about it. You know, turnovers are a quick way to lose games. So are injuries, which are an ugly part of the game. I know as players, obviously that's the toughest part for us. But when you're managing a team and a roster, that can become very cumbersome. And you you go back to the Cleveland Browns last week, both running backs out. No Nick Chubb, all right? You've got no Kareem Hunt. Now they've got to dig down deep into the barrel. Dearness Johnson makes his first career start, has an unbelievable game. And I'm just curious, from your standpoint, how tough is that to make sure that you've got enough depth on there? And is the, the extended practice squad, does that make it easier now? Well, I think the extended practice squad makes it easier in the sense that you have a larger pool of players to work with, to develop, and to evaluate to see who you're going to put in the game. But to me, that was probably one of my favorite games last week because it showed a program that has a philosophy and a process in place. And I know some people get tired of the word process, but there's a real process in place. And a big part of it is you have to bring in the right kind of players that are willing to understand that they have to grow, they have to develop, and they have to prepare so that when their opportunity comes, they will be ready. And that was the case here. And I've been a part of teams where this was a core part of our culture, right? When I was with the Patriots, we had some guys, remember Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. We had Troy Brown playing at cornerback. We had guys that did things in practice that even though maybe it wasn't their primary job or it was their primary job, not only did the players have to do extra to prepare, but there was a culture in our locker room. And the culture started with the with the head coach, the assistant coaches, the front office, but also the locker room. Guys like Mike Rabel, guys like Larry Izzo, Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, they all got on players so much. They made sure players were not only in meetings, but they were paying attention to meetings. They were having their own meetings. The players invested in themselves in terms of helping players develop. So when the opportunity did come, just like it did the other night, the player was ready and the coaches also know what plays to run with the player to make them successful. 
Love it. On behalf of Fred Baxter and Mark Edwards and Tom Ashworth, Scott, we appreciate that (laughs) Patriots team and everyone stepping up when they had to. We also appreciate you stepping up. And you got what looks like a New Yorker cartoon behind you cool. there. It looks yeah. really cool. What is that dog? I like that. I don't know what one. I have. I like I'm in this hotel room, and I tell you what, it, it, I'm yeah. not sure. This is the best view I could give you guys, it, it, and it's not very good. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, all right. Looks like he could Say use no a walk. <laughs> Say no more. I like the weird like dog, though, Thanks, huh? Peely. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Lau, you're playing with power. Dan hands us his week eight power rankings. We know how we do this with a category every time. Today, the category is flies. Let's get right into it. Fly fishing. That's the first one, 25 through 32. These are Dan's power rankings, not ours. The Houston Texans below the Jets at 32. You move up to Lions, Dolphins, Jaguars, the Panthers at 25, really falling on hard times. Next, let's go to the flies category. The flies is a one-hit wonder from the 90s. They had a song called Got You Where I Want You. We'll hear it in the next commercial break. Pittsburgh Steelers at 17 to Disturbing behavior soundtrack. Then the Patriots, Niners. You got your Bears, Giants, Seattle. Look at them down at 22 after last night. Moving to the Jimmy Superfly Snooker Division. Starting the upper left. The Chargers and the Titans. 
Man, did the Titans just beat yeah. the Bills and the Chiefs and they're at 10? You got answers for that, Hansis. And then there's your favorite teams there. Look at the Chiefs the down Raiders at 13. Are below those teams? Raiders are below them? We're apoplectic here. And then finally, yes. let's move into the Jeff Goldblum division. He and Gina just tearing up scenery in that movie. The Cardinals are the best team in the league. The Buccaneers, the Bills, who just lost to the Titans, were at 10. Cowboys, Rams, Packers before the Thursday nighter, and then Bengals. Ravens coming off a really tough loss, too. Dan, how are you? We got questions. I, I got answers, I, I hope. And now I have uh, Fly by Sugar Ray in my head. The only good Sugar Ray song yes. ever. Summer song of 97. Okay. I would disagree. Put your arms around me, baby. I'm an every morning guy. But listen, the Ravens, something we talk about every morning. They suffered a huge loss to the Bengals. So let's talk about it. They got this burrow to chase thing going on here, Dan. Tell us how powerful it is and how you incorporate that into your rankings. I mean, it's undeniable. And all the offseason talk about, oh, they should have taken Panay Sewell. That all seems ridiculous. And I, I mean, I was pounding the table on our dumb podcast about it. But look what we got going on here. We got something special going on. We have Joe Burrow, uh, who has taken the leap in year two, and Jamar Chase, who has transcended. He's breaking records as a rookie. And if you could keep this big three together, Mixon, Chase, and Burrow, they can make a deep run. This is incredible. And it's not just the big three. The defense is playing great well uh, as well right now. Raiders, 5-2. and two. Their fans awake all across the country. They're not happy with where you have them, even though you keep bringing them up and up week to week. What's your story and thoughts on this team? Well, they're an interesting team, Kay, because when John Gruden resigned in disgrace, the idea and the, the thought and the narrative in a lot of places was what they were never building anything. But they had started 3-0, and and they'd gone into a little two-game funk right when Gruden disappeared. But this was always a team on the rise to me, and now they're back playing well again. They've won two games with Rich Passaccia as the interim GM uh, coach, I should say. And Derek Carr is playing absolutely out of his mind. He's never played at this level. He's had streaks in his career where he's looked like a true franchise quarterback, but he's always been like a 12 to 15 range quarterback in the big picture. Right now, he's a top five guy. I don't think it's it's deniable. So far playing at this level, you see them as a team that can absolutely get back to the playoffs. And with the Chiefs being a mess, it's wide open in that division. Dan, let's talk about the Packers. They just beat the Washington football team. Maybe not a lot of style points for them, but now they're facing your number one ranked team, the Arizona Cardinals, and they're going to have to do it without Devontae Adams, who just was placed on the COVID-19 list. How challenging is that? I mean, it's definitely challenging. We got some uh, input from Alan Lazard and Bobby Tanyan this past week, and that's good because the offense needs a little variety to it. But Devontae Adams is as important a player uh, in, in a non-quarterback position as anybody in the league. So if he's not playing Thursday, that's bad news. And then when you watch this game against Washington, Green Bay was not very impressive. They were outgained by Washington. There was that bizarre, I think it was a sham, the Taylor Heineke uh, end zone give up that they brought back and, and then led to a turnover on down. They had another uh, turnover on downs in close the next series. So I thought Green Bay was lucky to get out of there with a win. And without Devontae, I like the Cardinals on Thursday. Yeah, they'll be without their defensive coordinator potentially too, Joe Barry, and the red zone defense finally awoken. A team that is now suddenly one we're watching, and we've got a lot of fondness at the table for the Indianapolis Colts. Their recent resurgence has gone relatively unnoticed, but here we are. They're in the mix, and they now play the Titans in a huge game. What do you think of the matchup, and what do you think of the AFC South? Suddenly, one of the best divisions in the league. Yeah, it's frisky, and I think it all comes down to what happens at Lucas Oil Stadium in Week 8 because if the Titans, who are playing as well as anybody right now, 
spank the Colts. They take complete control of that division at six and two. The Colts fall to three and five, and it's kind of a wrap. But if the Colts find a way to win, they get the Jets and Jaguars, I believe, uh, the next two weeks after that. And they are in great position to make a run. And we'll be right back where we always are, it seems, at the end of December. Colts, Titans within a game with a one or game, one or two games to play. Consider our hearts kickstarted. Be sure to check out NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer every Tuesday at NFL.com and Primetime Tuesdays on NFL Network. Dan, for some of these teams, just the same old situation. We'd be nowhere without you. And if anybody's mad about it, tell them, don't go away mad. Just go away. Thank you. You need you needed the crew more than ever today, Kyle. So there they are for you. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Good Morning Football. How's your October going? Because our next guest is coming off consecutive games with 100 rushing yards for the first time in his NFL career. He has first two-touchdown game on Sunday. One of the hottest backs in the league. Please welcome from the University of Alabama, running back Damian Harris. What's up, Damian? Yeah, Damian. Roll Tide. Appreciate you guys. How you guys doing this morning? Great. Cool to talk to you. We've talked about you for weeks, months, years, and now we can finally go face-to-face after a weekend which you had two rushing touchdowns, all right? You had two touchdowns in your first two seasons. This year, you already have five on the year, Damien. What has clicked for you in year three with the Patriots? Because you look great. Um, I think that just over the course of the year, you know, our team has started to click. Um, obviously, the, the start of the season hasn't been exactly what we wanted it to be. But, you know, I say it all the time. we got a team full of hard workers, a team full of, you know, competitive guys. So, if we keep showing up every day, ready to work, um, putting our heads down and grinding and just continue to work and move forward every single day, we think that we can turn the season around. So I think all around offense, defense, special teams, you know, things are starting to come together. Um, you know, we're, we're having great weeks of practice. We're preparing well. So if we keep doing that, you know, it'll be exciting to see what happens the rest of the season. 
Damien, I heard on WEEI, Mac Jones said that if he was to do a remake of the movie Step Brothers, he would cast you as the guy he would want to play as his brother. Of course, you spent, what, two seasons together in college at Alabama, and now you're teammates uh, in mm-hmm. New England. I want to ask you what it's been like watching him, but also just one specific thing. What have you noticed has sort of evolved with Mac Jones as he's now an NFL quarterback? Um, you know, obviously it's been great working with Mac. Um, you know, we've been such great friends for a long time. So, you know, having somebody that I've got such a strong relationship with, you know, it's been obviously it's been great for us to be teammates. Um, but I think that Mac just does a good job of just being him. You know, since the day that I met him, you know, even in Alabama, back in those days, whenever we had, um, you know, other guys and he was kind of waiting his turn. Uh, I knew that there was something special with this kid. All of us did. And we knew that once he got his opportunity, he was going to show the world what he was made of. And I think that he's done just that. So, I mean, it's been incredible to watch. You know, he he just he does his job. And I think that that's what this organization is is based on. Just guys doing their job, just doing what you're supposed to do. So watching him continue to, to improve and just be himself, and you know, carry what he brings on the field to this team. I think it's been truly special. and It's been great for our team so far. All right, so you've coached, you've had coaches Nick Saban and now Bill Belichick, so did Mac Jones, so did so many other people. We know how close they are. Do you see some Saban in Belichick? Do you see some Belichick in Saban? And can you tell us something lighthearted about Belichick that we might not know that you do there in the building every day? Um, I definitely think that there are a lot of similarities between Coach Belichick and Coach Saban, but I think there's differences as well. You know, they're their own coaches and they run their program similarly, but different at the same time. Uh, I know that, that sounds kind of confusing, but, you know, they have certain ways and, um, you know, they both just kind of base uh, the way that they run their programs on hard work, doing all the little things right, uh, playing good fundamental football and just going out there and being a phys- tough, physical, smart football team uh, that plays for 60 minutes. So I think that, you know, they both do a good job of, um, running their programs with that mentality. And I think that obviously it's paid off. I mean, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. You see what, what both of these men have done as coaches. But, um, you know, with Coach Belichick, I think that he's just – I think that in in terms of our program, he cares so much about the players. And he's so concerned about, you know, doing what is best for the team, but also what's best for the players. And I think that people don't necessarily see that all the time. You know, everybody knows that Coach Belichick is – he's a stone-cold guy. So – um, it, it may be hard to see that on the outside, but I can tell you from being inside these walls, inside this program, that you know he cares so much about his players and putting us in the best positions to be successful. And I think that's what a true leader does. You know, whatever it takes for our players to be successful, um, he's willing to do that. So I think that that's you know been one of the one of the greatest joys of having him as a coach, knowing that no matter the circumstance, he's going to do whatever he feels is best for our players and our team. Mm. Yeah, going from Saban to Belichick, uh, they're, they're both pretty stone cold, so that makes you pretty tough. Damian, listen, uh, back-to-back 100-yard games. I don't know how old you were the last time the Patriots had a running back with three straight 100-yard games. Ooh. I mean, you might, might have been seven years old. Corey Dillon wow. was the last guy to do it. It was probably like 10 years ago. Um, I, and you have a chance to, to do just that, and you're playing the L.A. Chargers. So I'm just curious – have you started watching film on them? What do you what are you expecting from their defense? And if you had a choice, would you rather run a zone scheme or would you rather run the gap scheme? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, whatever the coach calls is is what I want to run. You know, I'm not I'm not very particular because again, I have a lot of trust in, in our coaching staff to do whatever 
uh, they think is best for our team and for our players. So whatever they call, you know, we go out there and run and we just want to have 11 guys uh, on the same page doing the same thing and, you know, ready to go out there and do our jobs. You know, we know we got a tough team this week. Uh, we know the Chargers are obviously playing well. They're one of the best teams in the league. Um, defensively, they do a lot of things to give a lot of people trouble. Uh, they got great players in the front end that can rush the passer. They got great linebackers that can run sideline to sideline. And then obviously they got great players in the secondary that can track the ball, play the ball well, and they don't let anything get over their heads. So, you know, we got a challenge on all three on all three levels. And like I said, we know this is one of the best teams in the league. Offense, defense, special teams, you know, they do a lot of great things well. So, you know, we're going to have to play our best football. And like I said, you know, if we come in here this week, have a great week of preparation, we go out there on Sunday and we play our best football, you know, we think we got a chance against anybody. So we'll, we'll get to work this week and uh, we're looking forward to the challenge on Sunday. Sounds like you need to lower that shoulder, Damien. And on that note, on Tuesdays here, we do a segment called Angry Runs. It's like the shirt says, where we give an award out to whoever has the most physically dominant run of the week. In fact, your teammate, Jonu Smith, just won it today. So we will be sending him a scepter to Foxborough. Look out for that for us, if you will. But earlier this year, in week two, we had the hardest decision we have ever had in the segment, still reverberating to this day. You did this and ran right through the Jets and broke 57 different tackles and lost angry runs because Najee Harris of the Steelers threw a man. Tell us about this play, and did we get it wrong? Well, first of all, shout out to my guy, Johnu Smith, uh, angry run yeah. of the week. Congrats to him. You know, he, he got a, his nickname is The Beast, so clearly it's, uh, it's very fitting that he won angry, angry run of the week. But, um, you know, that was a great play, obviously. Um, you know, it was an exciting play. Uh, you know, can't really say too much about it. I uh, still watch it sometimes just because, you know, it was one of those career plays that you make that, you know, I want to remember that play forever. But, you know, Najee had a great run. That was a great stiff arm. And Najee's been doing things like that probably since he was born. Uh, so I can't really I don't I don't blame you guys. You know, Najee's a tough dude. Uh, he's a hard runner. And uh, what he did on that stiff arm was pretty it was pretty angry. So I think you guys made the right decision. Uh, you know, I had a good play. He had a great play. You know, it's it's really cool to see, you know, somebody like Najee, a guy that I played with and, you know, a lot of other Bama guys mm-hmm. across the league just making plays week in and week out, you know, every Sunday. So, you know, it's great to, to even be uh, and op- have the opportunity to be, you know, be able to win that. Um, but I wouldn't rather lose to anybody else. I know that, uh, I, you know, losing is not something that I like to do often, but if somebody was going to beat me, I would love for it to be another Alabama guy. So congrats to Najee on, on, on a great run, a great stiff arm. And like I said, shout out to our guy, Johnny, for Angry Run of the Week this week. <laughs> you are an angry monster on the field and the classiest gentleman so maybe we have ever met on this show. <laughs> Damian Harris, a beautiful Thank man, you. an angry runner. We know you will be back. And good luck this weekend against the Chargers going for another 100-yard game. We'll be rooting for you, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for your time. I'm just going to call it right now. He's going to get it. Chargers, they're giving up 5.3 yards per carry. They just gave up six rushing touchdowns. We just saw three Baltimore Ravens score touchdowns. The Chargers against the run. Yikes. Fantasy football, Damian Harris will have 100 yards. Don't tell him that I got to go have a big lunch, right? Don't tell him a Georgia guy has the scepter right now. Yeah, don't. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.